Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Springtime is every birder's favorite time of year. Join Ocean State Bird Club for new online talks and weekly virtual hangouts. And enjoy our quarterly newsletter with stories and photos about birds and birding. OceanStateBirdClub.org and on Facebook. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 828. Well, last week we heard about spring in Alabama from our Freya McGregor. This morning we get a little touch of spring from much farther north. Thanks to our friend Al Bat with a little bird song added in. Here's part one of Al's spring thing from Heartland, Minnesota. He says, I seek magic. A yard-filling flock of red-winged blackbirds. Blackening the snow-covered ground was magical. The world needed to hear their song. It's spring singing. Researchers from California Polytechnic State University analyzed how the natural sounds people hear when outdoors affect well-being. They found that the chorus of birdsong increased their welfare. I tried to determine by use of my Heartland grade school arithmetic how many blackbirds there were and reckoned there were at least 14 but that might have been low. I'd estimate it was well into the hundreds. A smaller flock of rusty blackbirds blew in with a storm. I'm always happy to see them. I wanted to yell, pour another cup of water into the soup. We have company. <laughs> That's part one of some backyard spring observations by Al Bat. We'll have part two next week. Meanwhile, check out more from Al at albat.com. That's bat with two T's. And that would be... I say that would be the sound of our mystery bird preview here of our mystery bird contest coming along just a little bit later in the show. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Our mystery bird is a tall wading bird. In its dark phase, it's dark gray with a cinnamon-colored head and neck. In its less common white form, it's all white with a strikingly two-toned bill. It has that bill in the dark phase, but just not as noticeable. If you're in or if you travel to the southern U.S., Florida, Gulf Coast, Texas, Southern California... You may have enjoyed watching the antics of this bird. It's a very active feeder, famous for running and jumping and spinning in pursuit of fish and frogs and crustaceans and insects, usually in shallow salt water. That's our bird. The prizes include the Droll Yankees cute chickadee feeder for any type of food. It even lets you manage the size of visiting birds with its height-adjustable dome. Bonus prize. A $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books. That's the online store with one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiful bonus prize there 
for our mystery bird contest coming along here uh, just a little bit later on in this morning's show. Here's our conservation salute of the week. It goes to the administrators and the people of the Chan Islands in Vietnam, where they have stopped employing single-use plastics in their entire island community. Well, that effort began when folks there realized that more tourists would come to the islands if they were pristine and clean and free of plastic trash. And now this plastic prohibition seems to have become part of their identity. So a talking bird salute to the citizens of the Chan Islands of Vietnam. Meanwhile, while we're talking about single-use plastics, here's a quote worth noting from the folks at the environmentally aware magazine Fast Company. If every household in the U.S. switched to a reusable detergent dispenser, we'd eliminate nearly 900 million single-use plastic bottles in one year. I just think that's just one particular item. So many single-use plastics that we could get rid of. It's our royal salute to the royalty of the Talking Birds show, and that would be our Talking Birds ambassadors, listeners who have volunteered to help us spread the word about uh, what we're trying to do here, which is raise awareness and spread the word about birds and conservation. And thank you to Bill Toller from Bay Village, Ohio. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you to John Wickman from Houston, Georgia. Thank you so much, John, and had a nice phone chat with John the other day, too. Thank you so much, John. And thank you to Abby L. from Chantilly, Virginia. She says, I've been visiting with my grandparents, and every morning we watch the birds that come to the feeders. We also watch the birds at Assateague, Maryland, when we go camping. I know there's a bird called the painted bunting that I would like to see someday. I love birds. They are so fun to watch. I find the birds in the bird book by myself, by color, and I like hearing the birds on Poppy's Sibley app. And she adds, Nana wrote down what I wanted to say. You can probably tell from these comments that Abby is a very young birder. In fact, she's five years old. That makes Abby our youngest Talking Birds ambassador. Talking Birds listeners, if you're five years old or older, please consider becoming a Talking Birds ambassador and help us spread the good word about birds and conservation. Easy to sign up at the Get Involved tab right at the top of the TalkingBirds.com page. Still to come on our show today, our special guest is not as young as Abby, but he's young enough to have been the American Birding Association's Young Birder of the Year in 2018. He's Adam Dalla, and he has co-created a mobile game called Find the Birds, aimed at introducing a new generation to the joy of birds. Plus, our man from the Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod, Mike O'Connor, will bring us a live installment of Let's Ask Mike on the subject of worms, especially in association with robins, but also some, well, some things about worms that may shock and surprise. And up next, a bird that has a couple of interesting techniques to keep its eggs and nestlings safe is today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Take these broken 
Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend is kind of famous for its broken wing display, a technique used by a number of bird species to lure approaching predators away from their nest. The idea is to appear vulnerable by dragging one wing along the ground and so draw the attacker away from the nest area and then fly off once the predator is no longer near the nest and less likely to discover it. The killdeer is a large plover that looks like a bigger version of the semi-palmated plover, but with two dark neck bands instead of one, along with a brown and white striped head, a brown back, orange on the tail and rump, longish legs, and a black bill. And even though it's a shorebird, it's often found far from the water, in fields and pastures, where that broken wing technique doesn't help to prevent large hoofed animals from stepping on the bird's eggs. To try to prevent that from happening, the killdeer will fluff itself up, lift its tail, and charge at the clumsy interloper in an attempt to make it change its course. And despite the killdeer's penchant for dry habitats, it's a good swimmer that can even handle fast-flowing water, and the chicks are able to swim across small streams. The killdeer is found all across the U.S., and it's one of those birds that sort of says its name in its killdee call, which is how it got its name. The killdeer, Charadrius vociferus, today's Talkin' Birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number 828. And if you missed that website that we described a few minutes ago, here it is again. It's TalkinBirds.com with no G in Talkin'. Adam Dalla is a young birder from Coquitlam. Let me try that again. Coquitlam, British Columbia, Canada. I think that was closer, the Vancouver area. In 2018, at the age of 12, he was chosen as Young Birder of the Year in the 10 to 13-year-old age group by the American Birding Association. He's now the co-creator of a newly released mobile game aimed at introducing a new generation to the joys of birds. And he's here to tell us about it. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. We're, we're very happy to have you here, Adam. And you describe your new mobile game, Find the Birds, as a way to bring the experience of nature to the screen and introduce a new generation to the joy of birds. Give us a little idea how it works, if you would. For sure. So uh, you would download it from, I guess the best place is, if you have an Apple or if you have an Android, the best place is uh, findthebirds.com. The download links are there, and then you just boot it up. It doesn't require internet after downloading it. So hmm. you just um, you load it, and you just choose your character, and you spawn right in this level. And this, our first level is Arizona, which, um, as many of uh, your listeners probably know, is an amazing birding spot. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, we start in Saguaro National Park, which is um, a real hot spot. Uh, and then you just walk left and right across the screen, and you can go into this thing called birding mode. So usually you can see your little character moving across the screen, walking across the habitats, and um, exploring the habitat. but. When you enter certain locations, you can go into birding mode, which you can think about as um, maybe holding up your binoculars if you're actually out there. So once you're in birding mode, you can actually see birds in the trees and on the ground, you know, depending on the species. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you tap on those birds to get points, and more importantly, you get information in your little field guide um, that you kind of rack up more and more information the more and more you see the birds. 
So it's like an educational experience. We want to make it look uh, and feel like birding as much as possible. Um, and that's kind of pretty easy because birding itself is almost very game-like. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so you're, 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 uh, you're having fun in this, and you're tricking folks into learning in the process. That's the plan. <laughs> well, you're certainly part of the age group, uh, Adam, that's become immersed in video games, often to the exclusion of connecting uh, with nature, for example. So um, in Find the Birds, you feel like you're able to sort of tie the two things together? For sure. Um, definitely I've seen my generation is possibly the first generation that's been completely immersed in technology basically since birth. Um, which has caused uh, video games to yeah, explode in popularity among uh, my age group. And definitely I've seen that as a problem, just this increased disconnectedness between uh, people and nature. And I wanted to kind of serve this as a way not like the end game of the school isn't for people to play this game. It's to kind of act as a stepping stone to birding or being interested in conservation in the real world. Um, so, you know, it leaves some things up um, the imagination and leave some things um, that should kind of, uh, you know, make people inspired to go out. That's really what our plan is with this game, is not just inspire people to go birding, but inspire people to be interested in conservation, which I think naturally leads from being interested in birding. Um, but just looking at how these habitats look and how these birds look and kind of giving some information, giving some videos, giving some sound of these birds, um, I think should make people want to learn even more after learning what they learn from the game. Sure, and, I'm, and, and, and no doubt a, a lot of folks doing this for the first time will just be made aware of the fact that there are so many birds to see that they probably don't really realize. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another part of the game. Like, a big thing with birding and conservation isn't necessarily that people don't want to do it or they don't like it. It's just one of the biggest things is that people don't know what it is. Um, often when I say birding or bird, uh, even bird watching, like, there's some people who are still kind of in disbelief that's a thing, not like something that's just, like, on TV shows, like it's an actual activity. Um, so I think the fact that we're kind of bringing this into the mainstream with a game uh, can do a lot to help birds in conservation. Mm -hmm. So you talked about the first level in Arizona and then plans for other levels beyond that. What, what, what kind of plans uh, will you have after that? Yeah, uh, exciting. Um, currently we're working on, or very shortly we're going to start work on um, the next level, which is British Columbia. So that's my home province here in Canada. Um, which is quite a big shift from Arizona, because Arizona you got this dry, kind of arid desert, and up here you got um, the luscious coast and the rain and the, all of that. Uh, so a brand new set of birds, a brand new set of quests um, tailored to these locations. We aren't 100% sure what the hotspots are, but everything in the game is based off of uh, real hotspots and real birds. So we're going to try to find a location that kind of perfectly epitomizes um, BC or, or multiple locations if we decide to go that route. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a key word uh, in the brief description of the game, Adam, and that would be the word free. And your website indicates uh, it's available free to users thanks to funding by the Government of Canada. That's pretty impressive. How were you able to get that high level of support? Yeah, we were pretty lucky uh, to get high levels of support from the government uh, just to work on this. It was just a, the combination of lucky timing um, with the COVID pandemic and all of that. And yeah, we're really privileged to have been able to get that funding that's allowed us to make this game completely free for the public because I think that really adds a lot of value to the game. Because now 
basically everyone with a phone that's not completely ancient uh, can access and play this game and learn about birds and mm-hmm. uh, teach people they know about birds. So I, I, I think it just uh, we're going to try to keep it uh, free and accessible for people as long as we can, um, just because it um, it really increases the uh, effectiveness as an educational tool. Mm-hmm. Well, you just released the game, I think, a week or so ago. What can you say about the response so far? It's been overwhelmingly uh, positive, uh, for sure. It's It's gone out to many, many different countries. It's been really uh, interesting to see which countries people are playing from. It's mostly Canada and the U.S., but we've gotten places from Spain and um, the Czech Republic and just everywhere. Like, like, like we're really uh, getting kind of a global reach with this because we've been lucky to kind of build up a good network of supporters and organizations over the past few years working on this game. So we just... Uh, gotten a lot of outreach and it's been really inspiring to see all the people playing this game and uh, enjoying it and it's um, yeah a lot of people uh, like how similar it is to birding and uh, one of the biggest things that I seem to be seeing is uh, birders who are often parents or grandparents um, introducing it introducing it to their grandkids or kids uh, through this game like introducing birding uh, with this game which I think is kind of a tool that I didn't necessarily think of as being one of the biggest things but it seems to be and kind of understandably so uh, is kind of a very helpful tool in that aspect of introducing birding to kids in another way you know like it's always awesome to just take the kids out uh, with a pair of binoculars but you know this is just another route to try and uh, get people into birding and conservation sure and the way folks can try it out is that the website is the best way you said, right? That's yeah. findthebirds.com. <laughs> findthebirds.com. Adam Dalla is a former ABA Young Birder of the Year and co-creator of the new mobile game Find the Birds. Again, that's findthebirds.com. Adam, thanks for telling us about Find the Birds and good luck with the ongoing rollout. Thanks for having me. Adam Dalla here on Talking Birds and up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. You're listening to or blocking your ears from today's mystery bird, the sound of that bird. And by the way, uh, if you'd like to join our mystery bird contest and want to hear our show live, very easy to do. Go to TalkingBirds.com. You can see how to listen live online wherever you are. Our mystery bird is a tall wading bird. In its dark phase, it's dark gray with a cinnamon-colored head and neck. In its less common white form, it's all white with a strikingly two-toned bill. If you're pretty much anywhere in the southern coasts of the U.S., Florida, Gulf Coast, Texas, 
Southern California. You may have seen our bird famous for running and jumping and spinning in pursuit of prey in usually shallow salt water. Clues there in the sound of our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes include the Droll Yankees' cute chickadee feeder for all kinds of food and all kinds of birds. And a bonus prize, a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books. That's the online store with one of the biggest selections of birding books in the world. And the phone number is really important to get to us here as soon as you can. With your guess, no correct answer means a drawing. We'll determine our winner. 781-837-4900 is the number. That's 781-837-4900. Up next, Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor, you'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. My name is Kathy Rigling, and I'm from Tangerine, Florida. I decided to be a Talking Birds ambassador. I realized how much I enjoyed the show and how much I was learning, and I wanted to share that. I encourage other listeners to go ahead and take the next step and become an ambassador. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. Michael Connor is down there on beautiful Cape Cod, the famous Bird Watchers General Store. And uh, as we do our show live, 9.30 to 10 on Sunday mornings, Eastern Time, a lot of folks are having breakfast. So that's why Mike wants to talk about worms. And he's with us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, exactly. Although I did take a break and um, I'm playing a video game now. Oh, are you playing it? How's it working out? Fine, so yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Although I keep opening the garage door, so maybe I'm hitting the wrong button. <laughs> I don't know. That's one of the downsides. You have to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're doing worms today. Well, people ask, and they see that. They see a robin, like, out on their lawn or a soccer field, and the robin will run a little bit, and it'll ta- stop and, like, tip its head, cock its head towards the ground, and then it'll move a little bit, and then all of a sudden, zip, it grabs a worm. And, you know, the theory is, how does the robin know where to, where to find the worm, and why do they tip their head? And... um for years, I was taught, and people still say this, that, you know, they actually can, they they tip their head because they're listening for the worm, like a dog listening. Um, and that's what people kind of thought, and some people still talk about that, but it seems that that's not really true, because first of all, how noisy are worms when you think about it? No one ever hears, oh, listen to the worms. So the, it's, they actually, the wor- robin is actually looking according to David Sibley's most recent book, mm-hmm. just stare and cocks his eye and stares at the ground because their eyes on the side of their head. Mm-hmm. And then they look at the, the ground, and if they see movement or something in the ground that indicates a worm might be just below the surface, mm-hmm. they grab it. And that's probably how they find the worms, not so much that they're listening. But when I was looking at this, I found something that I didn't know this is and the that, shocking part here, right? This is the shocking part. Yeah. This is, this, this is, <laughs> I don't know. How old do you have to be when you, you find out something that's 
the whole world maybe knows or that's all around you didn't know. But the worms in our yard, the worms in our garden, the worms that you and I went fishing with when we were kids, the worms we see everywhere, they're all introduced. They all came over from Europe. When, when the pilgrims landed here, the early bird couldn't get the worm because there were no worms. There's no North American worms in most of North America. The, the last ice age wiped them all out, and then it receded, and the worms didn't bother coming back. And there were no worms here for the robins until the pilgrims arrived. And when they brought plants and things, then probably up to like 30 different species of earthworms invaded North America. And that's why we have them in our garden. That's why we have them in the lawn. They're all foreigners. They're all introduced. Now, that seems like a good thing because fishermen and gardeners love worms. They aerate the soil. They're good. But it turns out, like anything else that we introduce, it's not that great. When worms are released in a forested area, they eat all the organic matter, and um, it gets rid of all the the leaf litter and vegetation at the top where a lot of plants and animals depend upon it. And University of UVA in, in Vermont it shows a study of a forest where there's no earthworms have been released, and it's just slush fern. Wow. Uh, vegetation growing underneath the trees and then you go to an area where worms have accidentally been released and it's all empty underneath. You can just walk under there. It looks more like a park. Mm-hmm. And and actually, as the worms spread, it become a problem. Mm-hmm. So, we need more robins and apparently more fishermen to get to, to alleviate the worms. But who knew worms were kind of an issue? I was wondering what the solution was. It's more robins and more fishermen. That's it. That's it. All right, right, Ray, i got to go close the garage door now. (laughs) See you next week, Mike. Okay, you got it. Mike O'Connor with this edition of As the Worm Turns from the Bird Watcher's General Store on Cape Cod. Back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. All right, we're back to the mystery bird contest, and I've kind of lowered the volume on this because this is not that great a bird sound to hear, but it's part of our contest. Our bird is a tall wading bird in its dark phase, which is by far more common. It's dark gray with a cinnamon-colored head and neck. That would be our mystery bird at 7... What is the number here? 781-837-4900. That would be it. And we have Jane in Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh, Good morning, Jane. Good morning, Ray. How are you doing? Doing well. How about you? How are things in beautiful Waltham? Oh, Waltham is fine. Uh, The birds woke me up this morning once again. It's lovely being here in the city and hearing all the... Yeah. Hearing all the birds. And the worms didn't wake you up. They're just the birds, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but the, the robins are having a great time out there. <laughs> all right. Well, you heard our clues and such and the sound of, of that mystery bird. Yes. Uh, Jane, what, what would you say that is there? It sounds... It, I, I'm guessing a reddish egret. Let me check your guess of the reddish egret is absolutely correct. Yes. That was a more than a top-quality guess. 
Uh, actually, actually, uh, exactly correct. The reddish egret. Uh, let's see. I think we're pretty much Wait. out of time here. For so, but uh, but Jane, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, if you'll stay on the line, Jesse will take your info and we'll send you those beautiful prizes. Thank you very much. Thank you again for your show. Wish it were a little longer. We'll try to stretch it. We're still working on it. We've stretch been working it. on it for a long time. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Jane. Okay, the reddish egret, our mystery bird. Just a reminder that uh, Earth Day is Thursday, April twenty second. We need to make some good plans on how to celebrate Earth Day Thursday, April twenty second. On next week's show, the great Matt Young, Finch expert extraordinaire, will join us to provide a wrap up of the pretty amazing winter of twenty and twenty one for finches visiting the lower 48 from way up north. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, our assistant Audrey Stack, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com By Vortex Optics With the VIP warranty Their unlimited lifetime promise To keep you and your optic covered Learn more at VortexOptics.com And Udio Books An independent, family-owned bookstore Carrying one of the largest selections Of birding books in the world UdioBooks.com And by Ocean State Bird Club Springtime is every birder's favorite time of year. Join Ocean State Bird Club for new online talks and weekly virtual hangouts. And enjoy our quarterly newsletter with stories and photos about birds and birding. OceanStateBirdClub.org and on Facebook, Ocean State Bird Club.